So, I'm out of town, currently in Los Angeles, doing some work, and um, uh, uh, this this topic keeps getting brought up to me, and I want to start off by saying this. There's a picture of my phone. Where was it? It's a good picture. Um, it was a random picture. Um, but it was a moment that I was not expecting to have, and it was very underwhelming, just because it was so random, right? That picture is of me with CM Punk. I've never shown that picture publicly, or anyone as a matter of fact, um, but let's, let's talk about this. So... In that picture, it was C2E2 2020 in Chicago. The day before Revolution, actually, the AEW pay-per-view. So I was at C2E2 doing some work and hosting a couple panels and stuff like that. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? Try to meet some people, right? Get some autographs, stuff like that, because I'm still a fan at heart. Well, I'm getting to meet a lot of people there. It's probably the only con where I can say... I've ever completely gone out of my way to um, meet someone. Um, that was the con where I, I mean, I met Chris Claremont. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she but she played Felicity Smoke on Arrow, Stephen Amell, Green Arrow, um, Neil Adams. Um, the, uh, and CM Punk, right? So, let me tell you how this happened. <laughs> so, I, I do my work, I get there. I'm only at C2E2 for one day, it's, it's a Friday, there for one day. Uh, I land the night before, wake up the next day, take an Uber to the event. Um, uh, the panels I have to cover are like early in the morning so from like 12 excuse me from like 10 to a little it's like 12 30 actually i'm back to back to back to back to back no break which is fine so then i'm like all right cool so i go meet steve in the mail i think i told that story on the podcast before um then right next to him is felicity smoke meet her um cool and then I just walk around. I say, oh, I say, oh crap, Chris, Chris Claremont's right there, right? So I meet Chris Claremont, the legend, you know, super awesome. Meet Neil Adams, like no one's in his line, except for a few people. And like, Neil Adams is talking to everyone, having a conversation, super nice guy. Did some work with him later on, whatever. Then I'm walking around. I'm just, at this point, I'm just walking around the panel. I'm just walking around the con because I'm like, man, I'm about to go because I have an early flight. I have like a 6 a.m. flight the next day. So I kind of just want to get back to the hotel, eat some pizza. It's like 4 o'clock at this time and just go to sleep. I say pizza, just food in general. So then I'm walking around. I look over and it says Pro Wrestling Tees um, presents CM Punk. I was like, that's right, CM Punk is here. Now, it, on the C2E2 website, it gave dates and times for everyone 
celebrities, comic creators, whoever, right? I remember this vividly because CM Punk, under his information, had nothing. He just said CM Punk, professional wrestler, professional MMA. And that, and the rest of it was blank. There's no information. So I'm going past it. Oh, that's cool. He's going to be here at some point. So I'm looking, just looking at the different, like the, the different backgrounds, it's like a brick background or whatever, like wallpaper. And this guy walks up to me, random guy. And hold on a second, let me get my water. That way you guys know I'm still here. Just walking away from the mic. Anyways, so this guy walks up to me. He's like, oh, you want to get an autograph from Punk? I was like, I don't know. I'm about to go because you got to catch a plane. I only came here for work. And I don't know when he's going to be here. No information was on. He said, oh, he's going to be here in like 20 minutes. I was like, oh, well, that changes it. I'll, 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 I'll wait, you know. So I'm sitting, so I'm in the line. And this is very rare that I talk to anyone. When I'm ever, like, if I'm working and someone comes into the room and on a panel, I talk to everybody. But if I'm like in a line to meet people, or, or someone's in line to meet me or whatever. I just, I just don't, you know, I just, just a quiet person by nature. To you, me laugh, then I sound like the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, so, me, uh, that guy that approached me and another guy were in line. We're pretty close, right? You know, like we have this one guy who's like right in front and he's clearly one, a CM Punk fan, and two, selling a bunch of stuff on eBay. He has over 50 items to get autographed, which is, one, ridiculous. Two, I, I don't have the patience to have a job like that because I just don't know, like, how many people were, are egging or begging for a CM Punk autograph right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... This is did he, had he made his... Backstage debut, I guess he had to have had to, you know. And maybe that's why dude had that much. But well, he had a ton. It wasn't just like the same thing. Some of it was the Spinner Championship because he was like, the, the, ten, well, The Rock was technically the last one to have the Spinner Championship. But the person, the last full-timer with a real reign, air quotes, no air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, was CM Punk. He had that type of stuff, right? So, since we're 20 minutes away, I'm talking to the guys, hey, I'm going to be that guy. You mind saving my spot? You know, he was like, cool. What, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't have, I, I was not planning on being punk. I'm just going to walk around and see if there's something that anyone has to see in punk. Right? Cause it's a, it's a comic con. So people have the most random things and they sell them for a lot of prices, you know, a hell of high prices. He was absolutely man, whatever. So I go walk around, blah, blah. I ended up getting the seats. If, if you've ever been to C2E2, it's a huge convention. Well, I ended up getting kind of like lost, and I, I know where the CM Punk signing is. It's, it's on the very edge of town, essentially. So I know where to go with that. Um, but this place, this was on the other end of the hall, you know, of, of one of the halls. So I'm like, whatever. So I see the CM Punk. It's like seventy bucks. And it's not even like a CM Punk. I actually want a figure. It's it's when he had the mutton chops. In the jacket. It's when he came back and started feuding with uh, all Paul Hayden's guys or whatever. So I was like, eh. And, and there's, no, there's really no like negotiating on like a Friday or Saturday with people at the con because they're not desperate yet. Once it hits Sunday, they're all trying to do discounts, get rid of shit. So I was like, hey, so I looked at the guy and said, 
do you have anything else in punk? You know, whatever. He's like, no, that's all I have. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm done walking around. At this point, I had been like 20 minutes. So I said, all right, cool. So I paid 70 bucks. And I ended up making my way back over. Then that other guy who I just, I guess, befriended in a weird way, he ends up saying, hey, can uh, can you watch this for me? I say, of course. So both him and the other guy leave. They go do whatever. And then they come back. And as soon as they come back, by the time they come back now, I've seen CM Punk come to the desk. He's now he's going to the bathroom. They're like, oh, wow, CM Punk. So he's like, nah, he went to the bathroom, you know. And he comes back, and now he's signing this one dude's thing. I think that was the, the, the thing that took the longest. Just he signed the, all the dude's autographs and whatever he had. And that's like maybe 20 minutes. And then the line moved fast. So then I get to the line. He's like, so what are we doing? You know, I was like, I don't know. You can sign your name in there. Whatever, whatever the fuck, you know. And so um, they took a picture or whatever. And we, we he's, he has this this, this uh, porn stash at the time. I have like, you have like, it's funny because the guy took the picture. It's like, man, you guys look, like, like he looks happy. You look totally unenthused that you're meeting him. I said, honestly, it's kind of underwhelming because I wasn't expecting to, but it had nothing to do with him. So that's just a funny story. After after this drops, whenever I drop it, I may drop the photo on Instagram. Anyways, um, so the thing that's been going on all week, now I, I've been out of town you know, for a couple days and I saw CM Punk's uh, 10-year promo in 10 years, that's crazy. Uh, the infamous pipe bomb promo in WWE. Because it was two pipe bombs, but the one that made a ton of noise was in WWE, obviously. And of course, it's a big deal, right? But when I saw Cena commemorate it, I was like, wow, that's that's, that's respect. <laughs> you know, it's a ton of respect. Because he technically was a part of that moment. Like, a lot of people forget <laughs> right before that pipe bomb promo, there was a tables match. Between R Truth and John Cena, where R Truth won thanks to CM Punk, so R Truth technically has a victory over Cena. Uh, over Cena. This is when R Truth was still a heel. And then that pipe, pipe uh, bomb promo was cut, and Cena was in the ring for the entire thing. So those two things that people people tend to forget sometimes because it was such a great promo. So I said that's that's cool, but then I had like at least eight or nine people say what are your thoughts like what is the legacy of the pipe bomb promo and then i understand seeing john Nestor, and he said what were your thoughts and i said i had to think about it i don't i don't know he was like well, dude it was, a, it was a huge deal i said i i understand that calm down i'm not saying and the funny thing is i just realized something i have a water right next to me in this refrigerator i could have scrapped that anyways um I was like, I understand that. I just need to think about it because just being being bombarded. Like I, when I came out to work in California, I legitimately had cut everything off. You know, all the the the, the freaking um, podcasts are both out. You know, Monday and Wednesday shows are out. I didn't come here planning on doing work outside of that like we're finishing issue three of the comic book we are on the official last page of issue three the art stuff so now starting this week i'm gonna write the script um as the cover is being done and issue three will be done well ahead of time awesome stuff um so i'm thinking of some my, my brain is kind of 
toning down if that makes any sense. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, cool. All right. Now, this gets presented to me, and I think it's worth talking about. I know what we're talking about. But I'm sitting here like, what is the legacy of the Pipe Bomb promo? Because those effects that he was talking about, and what I'm going to do, actually, I'll probably plug this into the Monday podcast and plug it in after I do a show. Or I might just have this be the whole show. I don't know yet. But I'm going to put the entire promo up before this and let you guys... Well, I don't know if I can do that because that's, that's probably infringing on WWE's copyright. I don't know if I can do that or not. I need to look that up. Um, if I can, I will definitely put it up uh, and so you guys can hear the entire thing before you guys hear this. Um, if I can't, then just go watch. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. Now, there's, 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 that is never going away. Um, but anyways, I actually watched it live. Now, those of you who've been listening since Wire Pent, you know this story. Those of you new listeners that are here for uh, I see things a little differently, just to tell you guys this. The reason why, because I get I do get this question from a lot of you guys. It's like, hey, why are you so chill? Like, you're not a normal internet wrestling fan that's just ranting and raving about how bad this is. I love wrestling. I love pro wrestling. Like, I didn't come up with a specific. Hey, I have to watch this. I was from the south. I'm from the south. I was able to. I was fortunate enough that my grandfather got me into wrestling, and he liked both wrestlings. He liked uh, WCW, NWA, um, whatever one you want to call it. He liked WWE. Like I, there was no like prejudice on wrestling. If wrestling was on. I was watching it. Um, my, my grandfather even liked ECW. How crazy that is. So like I was able to get an influence from everything. So I, I can't say there's one over the other um, for me personally. And I think that's uh, a rarity. I think that's very much um, me being in the minority, being able to be around people who also were tape traders. And they say, hey, this guy's a wrestling fan. You get this for me, I can get this for you. It was essentially drug deals, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, the the point is like I just love pro wrestling, so I was watching that night. I remember watching that night. I was in, in the house watching it, and because I thought our truth was to get yet another championship run. The point in that story I was telling you guys was, um, I. The, what put me on that was Matt with CM Punk was the match with Samoa Joe and ROH. After the first cl- after the first match, I then watched the second match live and the third match live that they had in those Iron Marathons. I was a big fan of, fan of Brian Danielson. All these people that didn't eventually got in. Me seeing how CM Punk was used was a, a bittersweet thing because if you look at his first year. Only person that could really rival his first year in championship wins on the main roster was Diesel. Diesel held the Intercontinental Championship, the WWE Championship, and the Tag Team Championship all in less than a year. If you look at CM Punk, all in a year, 
He had the Intercontinental Championship. He was in the finals of the King of the Ring. He had the Tag Team Championships. And I believe he had the ECW Championship all in a year or time span. So it wasn't like he wasn't being used. Like, he was. You know, it's just one of those situations where it was just frustrating as time went on. He has World Heavyweight Title run that was cut short. He had a great feud with Jeff Hardy. And then Undertaker came back and kind of squashed that, which you knew once Undertaker showed up at... SummerSlam at the end of the match, the latter match that he had with Jeff Hardy, you knew that title was going to the Undertaker, which annoyed the bleep out of me. It just annoyed me to my soul, you know. And um, I just like really more of the same. Like I was really mad. But then you see how he has no direction. He was the leader of the New Nexus, which whatever. Then you had the Stretch Society. Stretch Society should have been tag team champions or some more. If you look at the Stretch Society thing, or even the um, New Nexus, he lost every big few when he was in those groups. Yeah, he had his head shaved to, thanks to Rey Mysterio because then he started wearing a mask. Um, he lost to Randy Orton at WrestleMania 27. Um, it just... Uh, just annoying stuff, right? And so... Being a CM Punk fan was frustrating. Not because of him, but because of how he's been booked. So around this time, all of my favorite wrestlers, people who have not, actually, actually it's crazy, I've gotten a chance to meet these people, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, blah, blah, blah. It was just annoying. So around this time, I just stopped caring. I just, something in me said, Ugh. So when I started the podcast, and started doing the podcast alone, I eventually grew, and it was like, cool, I don't need to talk about this stuff. This stuff is kind of just blah. And I was like, I don't want to talk about stuff that doesn't make me happy or make me want, or makes me want to quit watching. So it was like, eh, so many years ago, and like I said, people who've been listening since Wild Pen Days, they know that I just don't care. So anyways, that's a long story. The point is, I just stopped caring. But being a punk fan... It's very annoying. But at this time, R-Truth was in the middle of probably his best heel run in the company. He had just gotten the one-on-one championship match against Cena. He wasn't winning the belt, obviously. But uh, he ended up losing that match at Capital Punishment. And then he continued continued his feud with Cena. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe he'll beat Cena. Because once he said tables match, I don't think Cena's ever won a table match against a wrestler. He lost a WWE championship to Sheamus in a tables match. Like, it was just a way to get out of it. With it being a clean win, technically, but not clean via pinfall. I'm taking another swig of water. So, it wasn't like surprising to see him win, but it was cool to see our truth win. Well, by this time, we all knew that CM Punk's contract was coming up, you know? And so, I was I was actually more excited because one of my first thoughts was, this dude's going to go anywhere he wants to. And I get to watch him and actually see him used correctly. I was super excited about that, without a doubt. Um, anyways, all you, cause he had and he had a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt on that night. Really, why I don't know. That's never been explained. I think, but um, uh, but yeah, he uh, ends up cutting that infamous promo, and then you now you have intrigue. And you have people like Jim Rome at the time who had Jim Rome as burning, uh, showing ESPN. You have people that after his promo, it sparked interest. Like his legacy 
to me, if you didn't think he, he was a Hall of Famer before then, because at that point in time, he had the World Heavyweight Championship a couple times, or a Continental Champion, blah, blah. But his legacy, he became a Hall of Famer that night. So that way, that, that's going to be played through, all, through the end of time, you know. And he cut that promo, and it just changed everything for the good and for the bad, uh, worse. Um, it's still a shame how they ended up, um, how he still ended up walking out, which is the thing he essentially wanted to do before he cut the pipe bomb. But um, he cuts this promo, and timing was everything. You have money in the bank in Chicago, his hometown. Cena's your champion. Cena is the man. Also, remember, The Rock is already slated to be a main eventer at the next year's WrestleMania. Something that I don't think they had ever done to that point. They had never announced the the WrestleMania main event the year before. Obviously, they had longer storylines that built to it. But I don't think the main event was ever announced a full year in advance. So already, you know, tickets are going to sell. Bleep is going to get crazy, etc., etc. So timing was just so perfect. The build was perfect as Vince is trying to get him to sign a new contract. And according to CM Punk in his documentary that WWE produced, apparently like he didn't sign a contract until a day of money in the bank. And by the way, that is a great, outside of the main event, that was a great pay-per-view. You had uh, Daniel Bryan winning Money in the Bank, one of the Money in the Bank matches. I believe the other winner was Kane, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't remember. It was someone. I, I, I could have swore it was freaking um, uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan. But you had, wow, it's really early. What time is it? Because I'm watching, like, I have TV on in front of me, and, like, NXT is about to come on. It's, got, oh, it's about to be 5 o'clock, so yeah, it makes make sense. Anyways, um, so it's just perfect timing. That's a, that's a great pay-per-view. You have a great main event. You have a great champion in Cena going into, to, to, to me, this match and the ECW arena for 2006 one-night stand made John Cena a freak. He was the freaking man. Going into those hostile environments, yeah, he had security. That's still a tough spot to be in, and you still have to, to deliver and do your job, even though you're gonna be booed, you're gonna be crapped on. It's these are just situations that the 1980s would be proud of, you know. So, anyways, you go into there, and Cena and Punk put on a classic. Uh, without a doubt, I want to say. Cena and Punk had three classic matches in a well, I know they had four technically they fought four times. It was uh in at Miami Bank, at SummerSlam, there was a tournament match to see who got to be number one contender. And I believe Cena won that. No, no, maybe it was three times. And in, in the no. Yeah, I'm thinking about the next year. Okay. So technically in my opinion, they had four matches. Miami Bank SummerSlam. There was a tournament match to see who got to be, who got to go uh, on in a tournament to face uh, the champion. Cena won that, but that was a Monday Night Raw match or whatever. It's, it's forgettable. Then they had the Raw match to see who fought The Rock, where it's the infamous pile driver, and where they both got in trouble. Those four matches, three of them were classics. Three of them were definitely classics. Um, but Miami Bank happens. 
in that atmosphere. If I would have had the money at the time to actually fly to Chicago and be there, that is one of those times where I wish I was in the building. Oh my God, it was, I'll say it, it was electric, it was magical, it was worth the hype, the build, it was worth everything. It was like, mm, perfect. Well, Punk wins the WWE Championship, goes on to um, leave the company for all two weeks. And then things became muddled. We don't need to get to that, though. To me, what he said still fits to today, which is why I really want to play play it on here so you guys can hear it. But he's right. And even when he made the line of, I would like to think this company's going to be better when Vincent Mez did, but it's not. He's, he's right. It's probably not going to be better. Um, it's probably going to be the same. Maybe worse. Probably worse. And it's saying a lot. Because the bar is pretty low right now. That promo will, will last until creative gets better. And the fact that you just had 14 people, including the comedy writer, get fired. And me, I've had now two friends, two close people to me. At one point in time in the last three years, worked for WWE, and they've quit within six months. As writers, it's concerning. Like I went from having that is my dream job to write for WWE to having two friends who are like, "Hey man, I'm in. Use my name. I'm gonna help you get on." And as soon as they say that, a month later, yeah, I'm quitting. That is one friend lasted six months. The other one lasted two, and they quit. Uh, to go into other things. Um, that's telling. To me, the legacy of the Pipe Bomb promo will be the moment where CM Punk went from being a star to becoming a superstar. Um, that put him on the map. On, that put him on... This is going to be controversial to say this, I think. But I think it put him on John Cena's level in the mainstream. That's why he's able to, if you look at some YouTube videos and stuff like that, when you have, like, GQ having these people like, hey, this doctor is watching these these scenes and and saying how real they are. CM Punk's on that GQ YouTube where it's like, what is it, GQ is one one of the two, where it's like, hey, uh, he's watching wrestling films to tell you if it's real or not or how that actually would work. To me, that put him in the mainstream. So, yeah, I don't want to see he's on the same level as anybody. It put him on the mainstream. To me, that's... He made it, that made him a superstar. Like that's why he has the opportunities he has now. That's why he's gonna be on that wrestling show with freaking Stephen Amell as like the main villain, and he had these other movie opportunities. Like I like Punk is clearly picky about what he does, um, which is why we don't see him a lot, or when we see him, we rarely see him. But he also was about the paycheck. You know, I know I just read a tweet from him that was sent to me where he said. Uh, they someone asked him, hey, what's it going to take for you to do the Broken Skull session? He said, money, because no one gets p- paid royalties from the Peacock deal. Uh, I was like, well, that's concerning. I wonder how they got around that, because I remember uh, watching the uh, Midnight, uh, I see Midnight Rockers. Um, who's... Who's the, the tag team that just won? They were the old ta- older tag team that won the tag team titles in NWA. Midnight Express. Um, they're doing a kayfabe commentary shoot interview. And um, 
they were saying how like they they got they got like a ten dollar fifteen dollar check for royalty. So I guess essentially they weren't getting anything anyway, but they were getting something, which is it's barely getting nothing, I guess, right? So, anyways, um, like we're I still believe we're gonna see him in wrestling. I don't think like where where I believe Samoa Joe has multiple matches left in him. CM Punk has one more big money match with him, and someone's gonna pay him a lot of money to have that match. I truly believe it. One billion percent. I don't know who it's gonna be, but I truly believe it's gonna be. Even if it's just one match, he has one match in him, and it's gonna be a big money match. It's gonna be. I think we also forget. Even though he left a while ago, like the matches that you think are big money matches are matches he's, he's already had. He fought all the Shield. He fought Daniel Bryan. He fought. That's why he was so intrigued with Will Ospreay, because he hadn't had that match. You don't think CM Punk would come back if AEW said, "Hey, you and Omega will headline all out." Of course he would. Omega's one of the best in the world. Of course. There's there are a ton of people he has not fought yet. And when I think of money matches, I can see once Adam Page takes that belt from Omega, he's gonna be a star too. I can see him versus Adam Page, you know as well. You know. So, anyways, to me, the legacy that Pipe Bomb promo is it made CM Punk a star. It made wrestling hot, even if it was just for a small window. It made wrestling hot for a second. Yeah, I get that's not saying a lot, but how many people can say they made wrestling or a entire brand hot again for a second? Not many people. He can say he did it. I think Daniel Bryan became, like we've seen everyone doing these yes chants, whether they knew where they came from or not. People, Punk made wrestling hot for the summer. And is it his fault that they bundled? No, it's not. It's just impatient creative. Um... But to me, the legacy of that pipe bomb promo is that one, it made him a star. It made wrestling hot again. It also made, I, I, I don't know when they first coined John Cena as Big Match John. To me, he was, to me, for me, even after seeing him in 2006 going to the ECW arena and do what he did, to me, this made him Big Match John. In a year where he had to avoid injury, just to, to get to WrestleMania. To face The Rock for the highest grossing WrestleMania of all time. In a year where he had to just kind of buy time until he fought The Rock. It made Cena go from... <clears throat> to me, it made, him, it, made, it, it made him... It made me sympathize with Cena. I remember after WrestleMania 28, I was there with some people. And... Um, Still, the only time to this day I've gone to WrestleMania with people, and um, I remember vividly. Um, I left that night after Rock won. I said the wrong person won. Like we we're all talking about how the WrestleMania was, blah blah. blah. WrestleMania 20 was pretty good, but I was like the wrong guy. I was very disappointed to see the loss. It made me sympathize with Cena, and even though he was wrong for calling the Rock out because he's doing what the Rock was doing, it's like it's just natural. Um, I, I was like, man, it, it, made me, it made me feel like Cena is the most underappreciated wrestler in WWE history. By far, he's their, he's their greatest superstar that had never been anywhere else. Undertaker is the greatest character in the history of the company. Cena is the greatest superstar that he's never going anywhere else. He's never going to go anywhere else. I don't think you're ever going to see Cena in AEW, 
ever. I don't think he's going anywhere. No appearances, no appearances anywhere that's not WWE approved is my point. Like, to me, he is the greatest superstar that was ever created in-house. Like, me and Mark Calloway had a running WCW where he was facing those people, right? Like, but he, he seen it to me, this made him, to me, it very, showed me how underappreciated he was. And it's, it's hard to, dude, he was on top for so long. It's hard to appreciate that when you're just like, man, I'm just tired of seeing your face. <laughs> you know, and just seeing the year he went through. When he loses to the Miz at WrestleMania, he gets the WWE Championship the next month in the Triple Threat match and the Triple Threat match steel cage. Then he's just kind of floundering. And honestly, if Punk doesn't get hot, I don't think Cena drops that title until WrestleMania the next year. I truly, and I've never heard this before. This is just me throwing stuff out there. But I truly don't think that Cena was going to lose that belt. Because there, there was a moment, I think it was a Rock's party, where, where Cena came in and said, hey, I have this, and I'm going to keep it for the next year. And it's going to be defended at WrestleMania against you. I truly think they would have done that. But then Punk got hot. And, and one of the rare times... Yeah, they end up taking the belt off Punk the next year so Cena Rock could have the belt, but I'm surprised they didn't do that that time. But I guess they couldn't because Punk was so hot. He was so freaking hot, you know? So the, the legacy that is, it made a superstar, made a Hall of Famer, and it also made a... Yeah, I, have to, I don't care what... I don't care if you feel... This is how I feel, but put, put Punk on the same level as Cena. He had another credible enemy... That was like, hey, this is my spot. I deserve this top spot. Um, it added to another chapter of Cena's legacy as well. Um, it, it's it's uh, aftermath is still being felt to this day. When you see people like Cody Rhodes, and when you see people like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who have all the talent in the world and they say you know what I think I'm good on WWE I think for all the money they can offer me um, and for all the traveling and all this other stuff that they can do which they can do a lot of things I think I just need to be on my own and do my thing because it's better for me when you see people like FTR who clearly had a hard time on the main roster like to me the legacy of that pipe bomb is not just the promo but the aftermath and the fact that Punk was willing to walk out on the company and risk his royalties and get fired on his day of his wedding and it's a very important promo I think that promo allowed Daniel Bryan to become a world heavyweight champion the first time around. I truly believe, because I, I don't remember if I, I don't, I don't want to quote anyone here, because so, I don't remember, but I could have swore I heard Daniel Bryan in an interview one time, and I, I probably should look this up. I'm, I'm going to try to look this up. Um, but I believe Daniel Bryan said that they didn't have plans for his money in the bank run at, at first. You know, and then he ended up turning heel, and then Mark Henry got hurt, and that's what made them put the title on him. Because remember, Mark Henry was in the middle of his Hall of Pain gimmick, 
and he had just won the title a couple months prior from Randy Orton. Uh, and and I believe there were no real plans for Brian at first, and he ended up getting. I think I remember during this during this year. This the picture is the um, the moment where we had that picture where it was all the champions. It was Kofi and Evan Bourne as tag team champions. It was Beth Phoenix as a woman's champion. It was Punk Brian the world champion. Zack Ryder as a uh, United States champion. And I believe it was Cody Rose as the Intercontinental Champion. If you look at all those people, none of them except for, in I think Brian's coming back to WWE. But if you look at that picture, Beth Phoenix is back in WWE. Kofi's in WWE, and that's it. But that picture, I think, that picture excited so many people. But I think that moment, that promo, led to that picture. It led to Zach Morris, even for a second, getting that United States Championship. You know, um, as a matter of fact, I was in the building at TLC that year. Uh, Del Rio had a match against Punk, and it was a ladder match. Um, uh... Who else was there? Brian cashed in money in the bank. Got his first world title. Uh, Zach Ryder defeated Dolph Ziggler for the United States Championship. It was a lot um, that happened that night. But anyways, I think there's multiple multi layers to that uh, that promo. But I think the legacy is still being felt to this day when you see people who will pass up a contract or people who will work say, "Hey, this just isn't for me." And they'll ask to leave, you know. Um, for as many, like, obviously WWE is cutting a lot of people right now, but there's a lot more people that are saying no to them, because especially this is interesting to talk about because the rumor is that WWE is doing all these cuts, but they're trying to bring in some major names. Who are these major names? I don't know. Yeah, um, but there's many layers to that pipe bomb promo. That to me, I feel like it's still being felt to this day, and um, yeah, and that's ten years of it, and that's interesting. But it shows you how important it is that the person who had the longest run on top in that company's history, John Cena, has the longest run on top more than anyone. You'd have to put The Rock, Hogan, and Austin's reigns combined to surpass John Cena. Because Rock was on top for maybe four years. Maybe four years. Austin, four years. Cena was on top for 2005 to 2016. That's 11 years. And I would dare say, I'm, I'm being nice saying 2016. I'm going to say 2017, 2018. You know, but either way, it's over a decade. And 16 world titles later. And he's going to win 17. They, they are not done giving him world titles. He's going to win at least one more championship. But anyways, that is my thoughts on the Pipe Bomb promo and its legacy and the layers to it. Um, Like I said, I might just make this the podcast or I might plug this at the end of the podcast. We'll see. I'll see how I feel. And I'm also going to check on the the legal legalities of... um, whether or not I can put that promo on the podcast. If I can, it will be before. If not, it will be the regular intro. But anyways, this is, I see things a little differently. I am slow chemical and I am out.